Mixed Temple Podcast Episode 1. If you haven't met me before, my name is Mark Mozart. And I'm Nick. This is Nick. I was going to introduce you, but you did it yourself. Yeah. This is our first English language podcast. It's very exciting. We've uh, done a German podcast now for <coughs> about uh, two weeks. Um, we're calling it the Studio Breakfast. It's pretty much the meeting we are doing in the morning where we go through our day, what's on the schedule, talk about the projects we're working on, and we touch all kinds of topics. And I've even worked in New York and I've Uh, worked with many international songwriters and producers over the years. So it's only natural to do this in English as well. So this is the new format. We call it the Mixed Temple Podcast. We're very excited to do this as we are having a really big audience on our Facebook page. We're growing fast. Uh, recently, almost 3,000 new likes on the English page. That's Now good. at around 70 2,000 likes, which is good. So, um, yeah, let's talk about some of the stuff we are doing. This show is supposed to be a podcast, but of course, it's always exciting to have a live audience through Facebook and Instagram as well. And um, we're recording this show with, I have a little lavalier mic from Rody, Nick has a Sennheiser, and This goes in a little Focusrite 8 channel. Let me check for the people what we have. It's a Focusrite Claret 8 Pre-X. It's a very flexible interface. The mics go into the interface and we got two line cables audio running to the two iPhones that are doing the live show. So exactly. the people watching us on the live show They get the treated audio from your logic session where. Deassing, um, some pull tags, just subtle uh, EQing. Some R bass, so we're sounding <laughs> really full. The nice thing is uh, it has only a um, 1.5 milliseconds round trip latency. Yeah. And that's pretty insane. So it works really well. I never noticed it. Yeah. And then um, in the next step, you look through the audio again and yep. we have a WAV file and we are downloading the video file from Facebook Live. Once you post to the Facebook Live video, you can go and edit and then you can download SD or HD. And there I have an HD file. It's not completely high resolution. It's a 720p file. It's not like a DSLR, um, but 1080. it's nice enough um, to post it. And then we do a little bit of editing because I think especially in English, there will be some pauses. There will be some weird uh, 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 <laughs> whatever. And you can shorten this a little bit. Our goal is to give people who are interested in music production, studio, anything around it, even social media. We'll be talking about Facebook ads, influencer marketing, running a business around audio, talking about the mixing and mastering business, how to manage your work, how to do total recall with an SSL console. Yeah, and this whole thing will also gonna be uploaded as a podcast. As I said, we did this uh, in a German format that's already up on iTunes. You know, anybody's interested in doing a podcast, I recently done it for the first time. It's some interesting stuff. The one thing I did not completely know, iTunes or the podcast app you have on your phone, they're not hosting the podcast, they're not hosting the audio file. You have to find your own podcast hoster and the iTunes podcast or Apple podcast app on the phone is basically just a directory that links the 
RSS feed for the podcast. It works really well, but you need to find a hosting company for your podcast. And it's nice to have a company that knows the business. And I was looking around and it seems that there's a company called Blueberry. They have a nice YouTube channel where they take you through everything you need to know about mm -hmm. uh, hosting and uploading a podcast. And I was pretty much running the YouTube video and setting up our account. And at the end of the YouTube uh, clip, we were up and running. So this was pretty easy. And yeah. they introduced you into the, all of the little details. And they also have a uh, WordPress plugin to integrate the podcast on your WordPress yes, site. Exactly. So. And it's interesting because our WordPress site is hosted with a different web hoster, but the audio files are on the Blueberry side. Yeah, so, so very works, connective. Yeah, it works seamlessly. And um, if you listen to this on your podcast or iTunes app, very important, go to the ratings and give us any rating. Any rating is helpful to list us in the directory um, from one to five stars. And you can write a nice little comment if you like. So, yeah, oh. what have we been working on lately? So we, we have a uh, mixing project. We're mixing a whole album from um, a New York artist. Yeah, um, I think it's a European artist, European but the production company is based in New York. Okay. So whole album, which is always exciting because uh, you get to be part of shaping the overall sound and how yes. everything goes together and every new song is is exciting to find out what's next. And um, we're working in this nice studio called the Mix Temple. Uh, we love doing a lot of stuff with analog. Of course, we have a DAW. In our case, this is uh, Logic Pro X. And then we have, you probably see it from the camera, we have uh, like some 68 channels of conversion so we can feed the G series SSL console and then we have an SSL X rack and a some. whole tower of nice compressors, Pultex and effects. We like working on the SSL console pretty much because we get to quicker results. It's That's funny it. because everybody says work in a DAW and you can switch between projects and stuff. For me, it's I get much quicker results. I like the faders and I like the sonics of the analog EQs. It's just much more hands-on. So you, if you want to change something, you don't have to go to the plugin folder, select your plugin and then adjust the parameters. You can just... Find out, then find out yeah. you got the wrong plugin. I like how the access is really quick and you yeah. can tweak a little bit of travel with you your left hand. You can tweak two things at once. Try this with a plugin. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people will say you got your, you know, controllers, your whatever, Avid, yeah. whatever, and I'm not doubting that uh, it's a it's a great way to work and great alternative. I mean, um, it's always, uh, if you're working with an analog console, it's always a hybrid setup nowadays, I think, to work efficient because you will work in the analog world and do your mix, but you have to get it back into the box. Speaking of stems, um, when we are done with our mix at the console, we will bounce stems of each file yeah. back into the DAW. So we got the whole analog processing of each track right in the DAW, do the final summing in the box. It's a very interesting way of working, I found out, because these days people want, they want the recall and there's so many things that happen. People call you after three months, six months, 12 months, some song gets a different vocalist. Some song is used in a commercial and you need an edit, you need this and that. Um, so it's always necessary to have access to a stem session. So once we know we got the mix in the right place 
and we got some agreement from the client and we know from now on it's only about little tweaks, then we work with stamps in the box, but with all the nice quality of analog treatment already in the files. This is a very flexible way, but what's interesting, because we were talking about a G-series SSL console versus, you know, a digital controller, the actual reason why I decided for this company to get this console is actually, besides the fact that I love it very much and that I was dreaming of having a console like that since I was 15, um, the actual reason is that it holds its value pretty much forever. You know, if you treat it well, you know, if you fix the faults and if if you keep it running and healthy, you can sell it at one point. I'm not planning to sell it, but compare this to any digital controller, any don't need, I don't even need to name any companies, but any digital stuff loses a lot of value within five years and within 10 years, you can pretty much throw it away because technology is always advancing. Yeah, that's a fun story. Um, I bought an, an interface uh, a few years ago. I think it was six years ago. So yeah. It was my first interface. It was around a Mac OS 10 point. We should name shame them because I have yeah, the same yeah, thing. It's, it's, a, it's uh, the, the, the Tascam uh, FW1848, uh, I think. Yeah. 1848, yeah. Eight motor-controlled eight, faders. Eight motor faders. Firewire, um, audio interface. Yeah, you can control your DRW, you can switch to an, a separate monitor mix. Um, has some mic pre's as well, right? Mic, mic pre's. Uh, and yeah. um, one day they decided to discontinue the driver and you can't run it on uh, current macOS systems. It's crazy because whatever adapter you would need to get the Firewire and I mean your 2015 MacBook Pro still has Firewire, yeah. so matter of plug and play, but any digital company decides to drop mm. the support on analog it's no problem and that's even one reason I went for the 4000 console over the 9000 console mm -hmm. that most of the parts are really generic electronic parts you can get in any electronic shops we regularly have a couple hundred euros orders of yeah. uh, capacitors little chips resistors and stuff from mauser.com in the US they're shipping fast and they carry pretty much all the parts and um, a lot of the stuff like the large faders you can clean and, and loop and they are very serviceable mm -hmm. they will never actually break or die you know you can always refurbish them and get them back up to spec mm -hmm. so this was one of the reasons i mean we will be screwed when um and through whole components are discontinued and only SMD exists. It will never be completely the case because there will always be a scene of, I mean, look at all the outboard. Most of the stuff we have in here, Nick actually built yeah. in our own workshop, which is upstairs. Yeah. Uh, Maybe you can tell a little bit about sure. it. Sure, um, the 1176, it's a pretty easy compressor to build. Uh, there are many kits out there and I decided to really rebuild them. So I bought the uh, chassis and um, the uh, PCB from the from Herbal, I think. But um, I looked at original units and I sourced uh, original components, original transformers from the... So would that be vintage original parts from back from the 60s or do they still manufacture them? They do still manufacture them. Some parts uh, like carbon composite resistors. I got new old stock components. Mm -hmm. 
and some capacitors for the um, power supply. So I really digged into recreate vintage uh, 1176s, not some modern recreations. And um, after a while, I think I thought, okay, it would be cool to have both some, uh, one vintage unit mm. and one modern with modern components. And yeah. um, so I ordered another hairball kit, mm. and we compared them in sound, and they sound a little bit different. Yeah. And it's it's nice to have the option the the vintage. One is a little bit fatter, a little bit more driven, and the modern one is cleaner. And it depends on the material. And we just we have two vocal channels. Which is the one we were using on the recent mixes? That's the the vintage recreation. That's the vintage. Yeah. I love that. I would never say plugins are not doing a good job, but if you compare it, it's almost like I need a bunch of plugins to recreate what one of these is doing. It's funny that you know you tweak around a lot with the plugins and you you try to get it to the right place and you can get it there you skip all these plugins and you just uh, run it through the console you use a little bit of the ssl eq and then run it into the blue stripe and it's very interesting how quick you get to a nice place so yeah, it's nice to have these options and, and i think that's that's the only thing matters if if someone get the same results in the same time with plugins then why use analog outboard? I mean, of course, there's so many things that digital plugins can do that you can never do with analog. Let me do a quick <laughs> check because we haven't looked at how many people are online. This looks nice. Facebook, nice to meet you. Instagram, good to see you. All right, so maybe we talk a bit. I mean, it would be lovely in future episodes um, to have to have people call in, you know. We should, we should give them a chance to send us the phone number or... Sure or Skype or FaceTime and to have some of the people watching us talk and to us, ask us stuff. Um, the goal of this show is pretty much to talk about how we're trying to run a business here on music production audio, a business that actually works. Nothing is ever perfect here, it's the real life and we're very open and honest about the struggles that we yeah. have here. Put in Everybody the work, <laughs> you need some talent, you need to put in the work and um, some strategy is nice. and. Uh, it has a strategic reason why we're doing these podcasts and because I really think uh, in this world if you're not happening on an actual mobile phone then you're not happening at all. Sure and uh, since music production is now available to everybody it's available to a 30 year old kid with a laptop. Um, it will go further you know I mean we're, sure. we're not quite there yet in regards to producing a full track on your phone but this will come you know and we are already seeing a lot of changes one thing that we are doing here uh, we do a service that's called master feedback you could pretty much say it's a mastering service but we approach it in a different way because um, we think that a lot of things you can't actually address in a traditional two-track mastering so we have people send us the mixes they've already done the mixes they lived with and we're listening to them here on the different systems we have and we try to give them a detailed feedback on which aspects of the mix people can improve and um, because i think it's much better if you go back into your mix and improve the things that you can improve in the mix rather than fixing stuff on the two yeah. track always and then i mean we had the discussion the last couple of days i think most of the mastering sessions we hear are now stem mastering sessions and there's a specific reason for this the reason is that so many people take advantage of producing, recording, mixing their music at their homes and the acoustic situation 
in these rooms are not as perfect as they, and it's not about the talent, you know, the people have talent, some really good artists coming out of these places. There are certain aspects that are very difficult to judge in a small room, which is yeah. something we have a perfect situation here, uh, which we can talk another time, but we got massive bass trips here, a really nice, mm -hmm. evened out, low end, a really expensive mastering speaker. So we can listen to something here and give people some insights they will never have in their room. And I'm saying it's not connected to talent at all. Yeah, that's the problem because if you don't hear what you're doing wrong at your yeah. low end, you can't do anything about it. If you don't hear it, you can't fix it. That's why the feedback is important. Maybe we have to tell them to look into this and maybe they will change the room they're working in. I mean, sometimes it's due to the reason people have been working on their projects too long and you tell them, look, once you tell them it's really obvious to them and they say ah okay i understand i fixed it and then the other aspect is things uh, and we see them a lot in the low end in the kicks in the in the bass drums things they simply cannot hear in their room because if you have a small bedroom studio you will have some resonances and notches in the room which basically means in your listening position there could be an important frequency like 50 hertz 80 hertz 120 hertz where this frequency does not exist in your room it simply does not exist and if that's the case it's pretty much impossible to get an evened out low end and this is why pretty much everything we do here is a stem mastering and if you're not familiar with stem mastering stem mastering means rather than giving us one stereo file of your entire mix you give us the kick snare da, 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 every single instrument guitar, separate whatever. but you leave the levels the same as they were in the mix so we can put all this together in our DAW and when we play back all the tracks that you've given us we pretty much have your mix here and then we can focus in on the low-end aspects because yeah. If you can't hear your low end in your room properly, you know, you can still mix some nice vocals and do some nice pet synths and, and stuff. So it's mostly a bass kick. This is where we see the most problems. So a lot of times we can focus in on these things, fix them, sometimes even replace the sound or something, and the mix quality will be 20% up at yeah, the so end. It's basically an advanced mastering or a very basic mix. Sometimes the kick is a problem, but the bass is in a good spot and you can't fix that in a two-track mastering mm. so it's great to have access to the basic stems of the mix and treat different instruments separately so we get to our goal in a shorter amount of time what we do here is a macro listening we're listening to the whole finished thing but in the micro we can go and fix the actual problem yeah. that holds the mix back. We're not debating, we have pretty much decided to drop two-track mastering. I mean, if you put together a compilation and all you have is the two tracks from the producers, still send us the two tracks, we'll do your mastering yeah. for your compilation, we'll do a great job and everything's cool, but we aim to be better at this compared to all current mastering studios simply mm. because we're approaching it in a completely different way. It's the mastering for today, for the actual. Mm. And with uh, DAW offline bouncing, getting stamps won't cost much time. You're running down the tracks 20 seconds per track and uh, you finish your stem session in around five minutes. How big are most of the sessions we're getting here? Stem it's around, like around five to 12 tracks maximum. Yeah. And the funny thing is to us, it doesn't matter how many they are. Actually it makes it easy because once we localize the actual issue we're trying to solve, it's in one or two tracks and we can fix it right yeah. there. 
and the rest of the tracks are pretty much untreated and yeah. just go through our mastering chain. Which is most of the times what we are rebuilding here. I mean, a lot of times people are a little bit in love with the true bus chain. They have some nice pull takes and they think, oh, this is where the glue comes together. I can't remember one case where we actually needed to rebuild their two bus chain because we're in a place here, you know, where we can quickly compare between large speakers, small speakers, you know, a lot of the things we listen on small kitchen portable stereo so we have a much better macro view how your music sounds on different systems and uh, most of the times you know we can even even improve on the two bus chain so if you send your stems bypass the two bus chain and yeah. uh, often i ask people to just give us a screenshot of the plugins they mm -hmm. are using on the two bus so just we have an idea it's always two steps if you do a mastering with us and i'd want to repeat it in case you didn't get it it's called Master Feedback. The service is called Master Feedback. You can Google Master Feedback and you find all the details about the service. You can also PM us or email us and I will send you a little PDF that will give you all the details of how to do this with us. So it's always two steps. First, you send us your current mix with all your brick wall limiting mastering chain, the way you heard your mix. We have a listen here, give you feedback, and only then the second round of working with you involves you giving us access to your stems and then without the two bus chain, and then we try to fix everything. That, we believe, is still not in a perfect spot and we are getting great results. All right, I think for our first podcast, <laughs> it's pretty solid. Was some nice information we were giving out to yeah. you guys. Mixed Temple Podcast, episode one. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> if you're listening to this on your Apple Podcast app, give us a comment and some ratings. This will help us to go up in the podcast charts. In the charts and will help us to improve. Give us your master feedback. 